said to me, he just gave me the topic, he said, in the vine. In the vine. So before we go to that particular scripture, I know you all are well familiar with it. I want to go to 1 John 14, 23. And this is in the King James. It says, Jesus answered and said unto him, If a man love me, he will keep my words. And my Father will love him, and we will come unto him and make our abode with him. Hallelujah. Jesus answered and said to him, If a man love me, he will keep my words, and my Father will love him, and we will come unto him and make our abode with him. Thank you, Father. Do you all see how it is truly the heart of the Father to make his home with you? To make his home with you. To abide with you in an unbroken relationship. Hallelujah. And if we love him, we will keep his words. We will obey his word. So anyway, we, we talk a lot about that particular issue, the love of God. We talk about that all the time in this church. We have to understand the love of God, and when we understand, we get full revelation of the love of God, and we love him, and then we love others. So I'm not going to talk about that today. <laughs> I talk about it so much. But I am going to give you a little bit of homework. Because the next passage that I'm going to read requires, absolutely requires you to walk in the love of God. So I'm, I'm going to go through John 15, 1 through like 8 or 9. But then you go on. You read the rest of that. And you'll see that it really all depends on us walking in the love of God. Okay, but that won't be my topic today. So it says here, If a man love me, he will keep my words. And I will come and make my abode. We will come and make our abode with him. With so you see, obeying the word of God, the word of God bring, brings supernatural blessing into our lives. Supernatural blessing. You can't stop it. When you are obedient to the word, you will walk in a supernatural blessing because the word is alive. The word is alive. Hebrews 14.12. I, I don't think I have this scripture in there. Hebrews 14.12. It says, The word is alive and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, dividing between the soul and spirit, the joint and marrow, 
judging between the thoughts and intents, I think some say their attitudes, of the heart. Hebrews 4.12. It is the word, because it is alive and active, because it is Jesus, Jesus is the word, it is the word that moves us from soul to spirit. You have a soulish issue in your life? The word will move you. It will divide and move you from the carnal realm to the spirit realm because it is alive, it is active, and it is supernatural. It is the supernatural of God. Hallelujah. God abides in us when we follow his word. So John 15, 1, reading out of the NIV. I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes, so that it will be even more fruitful. Some versions there say purges. You are already clean. Now let's please grab a hold of this. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. You see that? The word is cleansing. The word brings cleansing. Remain, other translations, King James and such, say abide, abide, remain or abide in me, and I will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain or abide in the vine. That's not just for a little while. Remaining, abiding is ongoing. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. That's right. If anyone does not remain or abide in me. He is like a branch that is thrown away and withers. You stay out of the word too long and you will notice a withering in whatever area that is. You will, you will notice a withering. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you remain or abide in me, and my words remain in you, so there abide, it is required. We must immerse ourselves in Jesus, which who is the word, right? So it's pretty easy to do. He is the living word. He penetrates to the dividing of things that need to be divided out of our lives, right? And moves us into 
the spirit realm. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be given you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit showing yourselves to be my disciples. We bear fruit for the glory of God, not for our own service. We bear fruit for the glory of God. I want to hop back up here because when he says the branch that does not bear fruit, he purges so that it will be even more fruitful. Do not be afraid, concerned about the discipline of God. You want the discipline of God in your life. You want it like you've never wanted anything else before. You want the purging of God. That's what sets you free from the entanglements of the evil one. It's the only thing that sets you free. It's only the word applied. Not in one ear and out the other. It is an applied word. Okay? It sets you free. To purge means to clear of guilt. Doesn't that feel good? Just, just hearing that, does that not feel good? To, pur- to purge of guilt, to clear of guilt. It means to make free from something unwanted. Believe me, you don't want any activity of the darkness or of the evil one in your life, so you just go ahead and let the word purge you. Let it free you. Let it relieve you of the entanglements of this earth. So anyway, the reality, like I said at the beginning, is all of this is dependent on us receiving and walking in the love of God, but we're not going to go into that. So here, in this verse, Jesus tells us how to remain, to abide, how to live in him, and how we remain, abide, live in the vine. Who's the vine? Who's the vine? Jesus. Jesus is our vine. Capital V. So verse 7 says, If you remain in me and my words remain in you. This is a requirement. This is the condition. This is the how to ask whatever you wish and it will be given to you. Because the Lord will never go against his word. He will always complete his word. So you can take this as an absolute 100% guarantee. In any area of your life, If you are abiding in the word, ask whatever you wish and it will be given you. That is the blessing. Please get a hold of this. That is the blessing that God has authorized you to have. That he has freely given to you when you remain abiding in him. Why can he say this? Why can he say this? Because you have a covenant with him. Because he's a covenant-keeping God. He doesn't change like shifting shadows. He says he will not alter that which has gone out of his lips. He will keep his covenant and will not alter 
okay? That should make every single one of you feel entirely secure. If you have made Jesus not only Savior, but Lord. Making him Lord means we're submitted to his way, his will. His, we are yielded to him, to what his word tells us. And we are willing to follow. Okay? This is an unbreakable covenant. It is an unchanging covenant. So if you think this is too good to be true, just start looking at the covenant. Start looking at it. So it says, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be given to you. I think that's really good fruit because then the fruit that's going to come out of my life is going to be totally in line with the blessing of God, with the word of God, with the promises of God. And then it can't help but be a blessing to everyone around me. Okay? They won't get anything tainted. I don't want anyone to get anything tainted from me. In Aramaic, I want to read this to you in the Aramaic. Starts us out with a really powerful statement. I am the living God. Sorry, I don't have it for you. I can't find it anywhere to put up there. It says, I am the living God. Wow. Do you understand how powerful the word is? It is alive. It is spirit unto you. Living. The true vine. All capitals in the Aramaic. The true vine. No other. No other. You can't look anywhere else. We don't want to look to mental reasoning, logic, these things. Rather, we want God to enlighten our understanding of his reality. Can I say that again? We want God to enlighten our understanding of his reality. This is a shift in our thinking. This is what we call renewing our minds to the truth of the word. Getting rid of old thought patterns. And believe me, we all have old thought patterns that we need to question. If the word says it one way and you have a catch in your thought process that kind of goes, hmm, well then you're wrong. Period. Our spirits are elated by the true word. It's the mind, will, and emotion that want to grab it and bring it back down. And we're not going to let that happen. I am the living God, the true vine, and my Father, because this is Jesus talking, is the vine dresser. Every branch on me, not yielding fruit, he takes away, and that which yields fruit, he purges, cleanses, frees us from that, that it may bring forth much fruit. From This is beautiful. 
This is beautiful because this is your current state. Anywhere in your life where you have chosen to make Jesus Lord. Okay? Listen to what it says. And I'm not talking about just being saved. We can all be saved and continue in a lot of wrong thinking and not receive the blessings of God. So I'm not just talking about being saved. That's a good thing. You get saved, you get to be in eternity with God. That's awesome. But we want to walk victoriously here. We want to walk like Jesus here. We want people to see Jesus instead of us. Right? Well, don't think that's not possible. It's entirely possible. It's his intent for you. And I'm not talking about little Jesuses. There is no little Jesus. Jesus is big. Big, bold, in you, ready to take on the world. Period. So this is an awesome statement. I love the way it's spoken in this version. From now on, you are purged because of the word which I have spoken to you. He makes it so simple. The truth of that reality should bloom so big in our lives. You just take a hold of this. From now on, you are purged because of the word which I have spoken to you. This is where we receive our cleansing. This is where we receive the beautiful life, the holy life, the blessed life. We are purged and pruned because of the word of God. And then in the Aramaic, in verse 4, it goes on and it says, stay with me. Don't you love that, how simple that is? He just says, stay with me. Just stay with me. Like what happened here this morning. He was here in our, he is here, he is here. The angels are here. The Holy Spirit is here. The presence of God is here. And he just says, stay with me. I could have just stayed there all day. I started thinking y'all might want to hear something. The reality is, is every single one of you is hearing from God. I'm confident of that. So this is where we receive the holy life, the blessed life. Stay with me. And I am in you. It doesn't say I might be. It doesn't say I'm coming. It doesn't say I will be. It says you stay with me and I am in you. Do you understand? Can we understand? Can we open the eyes of our hearts? The revelation of the completeness that he has intended for us? The I am. The great I am. He started this by saying, I'm the living God. I am. The great I am in you. Wow. Can I please get a full revelation of the great I am living in me? 
That's his heart. You get it? That's his heart. Wow. If I didn't have to preach, I'd start running around the room. <laughs> that was a wrong word, have to. Should have been get to. Blessed to. Pleased to. <laughs> Stay with me. And I am in you. Just as the branch cannot yield fruit by itself unless it remains on the vine, so neither do you unless you stay with me. You stay with me. You know what? We can stay with him all the time. Do you remember what David said in the Psalms? He said, when do I get to go into the house of the Lord and worship? Anytime you want. Anytime. It's an open presence. It's an open door. It's an open window. It's an open everything. Hallelujah. When we stay with Jesus, we get deeper and deeper revelation because he is so faithful. And he brings us deeper and deeper revelation of his word, of his life. Am I going too slowly for you guys today? Oh, good. Okay. So we get a deeper and deeper revelation of the who of Jesus, of the I am. Of the completeness, the wholeness. And all that he has accomplished for us. We get a deeper and deeper revelation of resurrection life, of the full gospel life. Nothing missing, nothing broken. Of the Jesus life. Then he goes on in five. He says, I am, he repeats, I am the living God. The vine, the, the capitalized. The one and only. The vine. What does that mean? The source. The foundation. The rock, the life, the truth. The presence, the victor, the overcomer, the miracle worker, the water walker, the vine dresser, the vine, the vine, and you are on, and you are the branches. Whoever abides with me, and I in him, this one, this one. This one, the whoever. This one brings forth much fruit. Because without me, you can do nothing. So we have to understand who the I am is, who this living God is. And when we stay in the word, the I am through the person of Jesus Christ, the the I am, the person of Jesus, I am, God the Father, through the person of Jesus Christ, comes to live in us. Hallelujah. And his power works through us. So when, when the I am Jesus, when he's alive in us, we can do all things through Christ, can't we? We walk in an open heaven, don't we? Yes. Yes, indeed. So we're going to look at some keys. 
things in the word that are going to help us to do this. I'm going to try to be real practical for you today. Do you like that? Do you like that idea? Since I'm not known as a real practical teacher. <laughs> you know, I'm always, I don't know how to describe myself, but I'm going to try to really, really hard to be practical today. John 3, 27 through 30. Okay, and here we're going to be talking about John the Baptist for a minute. To this, John, that's John the Baptist, replied, a person can receive only what is given them from heaven. But what have we just learned? When we stay connected to the vine, the fruit of heaven is ours. Hallelujah. Can you agree with that? Yeah. You yourselves can testify that I said, I am not the Messiah, but am sent ahead of him. The bride belongs to the bridegroom. Hallelujah. You beloved church, the bride of Christ belong to your bridegroom. He loves you. He loves you with an indescribable love. Indescribable love. Unconditional love. Never-ending love. The bride belongs to the bridegroom. The friend who attends the bridegroom waits and listens for him. Do you know you're also called the friend of Christ in the scripture? Okay, so it says they wait and listen. And that doesn't mean wait, like you are waiting for Jesus to complete something. He's completed everything on your behalf that you'll ever need, and he's already actually given it to you. Waiting here means to still your soul. You know, wait. Wait upon him like we did this morning. Just wait upon him. Let him fill you up. Let him breathe into your spirit the goodness of God. So we wait on him. We still our mind, our will, and our emotions. Because those are not trustworthy. But the spirit is. The character of God in us. Okay. The friend who attends the bridegroom waits and listens for him and is full of joy when he hears the bridegroom's voice. See, because he's faithful. Do you know the scripture says, sorry I can't pull up a reference number for you, it says, I will answer them before they call. Oh my. See, we're not waiting on him at all. He wants us to grasp the reality of the true communion that we have with him. The scripture says, I will answer them before they call. He must become greater, I must become less. That's the mind, will, and emotion me. Right? 
He must become greater. His spirit in me. Me growing to, to see it his way. Me yielding my will and emotions to him, to his plan, his will, his desire. I really don't know why anyone wouldn't want to yield their, emo- their uh, will to him anyway, <laughs> because it's going to be so much better than anything you ever imagined. It's going to be so much more, so much greater than anything you could accomplish on your own. Willing it to be so. Picking yourself up by the bootstraps. You understand? So we wait. We quiet our souls. We allow his greatness to work through us. We listen for the voice of Jesus. Because he's always talking by the Holy Spirit. Joy is ours. It is ours when we hear his voice. John 14, 23, again, Jesus answered and said unto him, If a man love me, he will keep my words, and my Father will love him, and will come unto him and make our abode with him. His home, his dwelling. You doing the word. You allowing the word to be the final say, to grow up in your spirit, will draw the blessings of God into your life. It's time to hang out with Jesus more intently than we have ever before. So when we attend to his word, he makes his abode with us. We become a home for the Lord. When we are in the vine, we are in the vine, we receive his nourishment, his revelation we put ourselves and we remain in the vine. Just stay with Jesus. Stay with his word. Apply it. Have it in your heart that you want it according to the word in no other way. We put ourselves at that moment, we put ourselves in position to take hold of all that he has taken hold of to give us. Does that make sense? That puts us in position to apprehend that which Christ has apprehended for us. We become a display of his splendor. Isaiah 61.3, it first says, we are oaks of righteousness, and then it goes on to say, we are a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. That is a beautiful thought. You are little splendorized people walking around, giving off his glory. Jesus said, I've given them the glory that you gave me, Father. So you need to believe it. Philippians 3, verse 10, I'm reading out of ESV. that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and may share his sufferings becoming like him in his death that by any means possible 
I may attain the resurrection from the dead. Okay, is this talking about eternal resurrection when you go to be with the Father? Of course. But let's clue in. It's talking about a lot more than that. He has taken you from a kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his glorious light. That is a way you are supposed to walk here on this earth. This is out of death and into life now. No evil, no harm could ever touch Jesus. He went about doing good. He knew who he was. He knew what he had. He walked as a man on earth by the power of Holy Spirit. He went about doing good and all good. I want to walk about with Jesus shining out of me, a splendorized Jesus walking, Jesus talking, doing good. Doing good. God good. Not, 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 not the way the world necessarily sees it. You see, he, it says that I may know the power of his resurrection. When we walk in the word and apply it, when we make the word Lord, because Jesus is the word, we connect to all his fullness. All his fullness all his completeness, all his wholeness. Woo! <laughs> Do you really get what he has for you? Do you really get what he has for you? There's nothing that can hold you down when you walk in this. No darkness. No evil. Power, glory. Hallelujah. But amen to God. I'm saying amen to the word. I'm saying amen to everything the blood bought me. I'm not turning it down. No, seriously, do you get it? Come on, do you get it? This is so exciting. I can barely contain myself. <laughs> this is like the most awesome of awesome. Not my preaching. The promises. The intent of the heart of God. The reality the reality. And it's ours. We're going to get to a scripture later that says he has claimed you. He has claimed you. Wow. This will float your boat. 
Yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. I'm taken out of death into life in every area of my life. Any area where we do the word, his splendor shines. Hallelujah. Thank you. I receive it for my life. You all go ahead and receive it for yours. Good. Verse 12. Was I on verse 12? Not that I have already obtained this or am already perfect, but I press on. I press on. I press on to make it my own. You have a job. This is your responsibility. Press on. Make it your own. Own it. Own this. He's saying, I press on to make it my own. Do you see the goal? I press on to make it my own. In other words, I will comprehend this. I will own this. And no deceit of the devil, no lying tongue, no world that tells me that I can't walk in this plane is going to change my mind about it. Because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Christ Jesus has made you his own. One scripture there says he has claimed you. Well, let me tell you what. If he has claimed me, I'm not saying no. If he has claimed me, I'm going to figure out, I'm going to understand, I'm going to press on to understand all that that means. All that comes with that. Because I have made him my Lord. Say this. I will comprehend this. I will receive this. Say that to me. Say that to the Lord. The I am is going to shine through me. You want to say that? Say that. The I am, the great I am, is going to shine through me. I'm going to take hold. I'm going to make, make all of him. I'm going to take hold of all that he has given me. All that he desires me to own, to apprehend, to take hold of, because I'm going to stay with him. King James here says, not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect, but I follow after. So I follow after. I stay in the vine. I stay connected. I don't get my eyes off in some other direction. I keep my eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of my faith. I follow after if that I may, in other words, so that I may, apprehend that for which also I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. 
that for which he has claimed me. We stay in the vine, we employ the word. He claimed me so that I could apprehend everything that he has done for me. Verse 13, brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind, would you please stop allowing your past to disqualify you? Because there's nothing here that says anything about that. When you have made Jesus the Lord of your life. It says I press forward, I press on. Straining forward, focused forward. Say, I'm focused forward. I'm not focused on my past. Hello? Say it. Okay, thank you. That's one of the tricks of the devil. Forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward calling of God in Christ Jesus. Is he calling you up? He's calling you up. Are you going to take the journey? I'm going to take the journey. All of what he has for me, all of what he has for you. Complete revelation of the fullness of God. Complete revelation of the completeness of Christ in us. The hope of glory. Let those of us who are mature think this way. Are you mature? Are you little babies? Only on milk. Well, you're in the wrong church. Definitely in the wrong church. We're going to think this way. We're going to think like this. We're going to make it our calling to be mature. We're going to receive the discipline from the word. We're going to receive correction from the word. We're going to receive revelation from the word. It says, let those of us who are mature think this way. And if anything, you thi- if anything you think otherwise, if in anything you think otherwise, look how good God is. He says God will reveal that also to you. So if we have any wrong thinking, all we have to do is say, Lord, I am yielded to the truth. The spirit of truth, the Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. I am yielded to the truth of your word. Correct me. If I have any wrong thinking anywhere, correct me. He is so good and so kind and so gracious and so merciful. He tells us right here, he will reveal it. Thank you, Lord, that you reveal any lack of truth according to your word. He is the spirit of truth. Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth, and he was sent here to be with us. 
He is our counselor. Only let us hold true to what we have attained. Big statement there, guys. Let us hold true to what we have attained. What have you attained? Everything that Christ apprehended for you. Wow. Everything that Christ apprehended for me. Hallelujah. I'm going to see it, and I'm going to walk in it. I will not be moved. That's what it means to be in the vine. That's what it means to stay with Jesus. That's what it means to make our abode in him, with him. To stay attached. It is to believe, it is to believe the resurrected life, the completeness, all that he gave us, all that he apprehended for us. To walk out the word that gives us the resurrected life. We're going to walk out this word because it gives you the resurrected life. We press on into the ways and wills of God. Ways and will of God. 2 Peter 1.3 in the ESV. His divine power. Whoa, this is so powerful. If, if, if it's not powerful enough, all the things that we're seeing that he has done and, and his heart, his heart for the fullness of that in which we are to walk. Well, let's just add this verse to it. First Pete, Second Peter 1, verse 3. His divine power has given us everything we need. Everything. Everything we need. For life and godliness. Everything we need for life and godliness to fulfill his will, his plan, his mission. Through the knowledge of him. The knowledge of him. We just want to grow in the knowledge of Christ and what he's done. The completeness of who he is. The I am of God. We need for life and godliness through the knowledge of him who has called us by his own glory and excellence. Aren't you glad we don't have like this selfish God that says, oh, you can have a little bit of my glory, a little bit of my excellence, a little bit of my this. Uh-uh. Nope. That's not the God we serve. At least I don't see a qualifier there. It says his own glory and excellence. It doesn't say I'm going to just like let you see a little part, let you have a little part. Through these, his own glory and excellence, through these, he has given, past tense, has given us his precious 
and magnificent promises, every one of them, beloved, has given. So that through them, these precious and magnificent promises, you may become partakers of the divine nature. He sees you that way. A partaker of his divine nature. If his divine nature is showing through, is working because I'm connected to him in every, any area of my life, do you think I'm going to have a problem? No, I don't think so. His divine nature in me, because he's given it to me by his glory and excellence and because of his precious promises, his divine nature, I'm walking around with his divine nature. His divine nature supersedes everything in the carnal realm. Everything happens in the spirit realm first. And I'm going to be a receiver of that, and I'm going to be an outpourer of that. You know, we could just camp there all day, just right there. Couldn't we? Couldn't we just, like, camp there all day? So that through them, you may become partakers of the divine nature. God designed you to walk in his divine nature, not the human flesh or the carnal or the temporal or to be dictated and thrown about because of worldly circumstances. You're bigger than that. When you have the divine dwelling in you. And that's just what you have when you have made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior. I was somewhere. Partakers of the divine nature. Oh, this is big. Just look at this word. I mean, God's a big God. I mean, you got to really look at what he's saying to y'all. Now that you have the, past tense, escaped. You are an escapee. You are an escapee when you are connected to the vine. You are an escapee of every demonic scheme that the devil has planned against you or your kids or, or whoever that God has given you influence in their lives. You are an escapee. Say that. I am an escapee of anything the devil has planned against me. You are an escapee from the devil and all his influences. That means that through applying the word, we become partakers of the divine nature of Christ. We are branches off of his vine. We receive our sustenance and our power, and our completeness in him. A given gift. A given gift. Don't let the world discourage you. We remain in him, and we receive his divine nature, his magnificent outcome for our lives. I'm going to take that. 
So I'm going to go to the rest of the scripture. I told you I was going to give you some really practical steps, so I didn't quite get there yet, but we're getting there now. Verse 5, 2 Peter 1. For this very reason, make every effort. This is not for lazy people. Don't think that just because you're a Christian, you can just sort of skate along. We need to be mature. We need to take our job seriously. Make every effort to add to your faith, your faith in Christ, all that he apprehended for you, virtue. Okay, I'm not going to go here because, like, it would take a long time. I'm not going to go here and explain to you what every one of these words means. But a diligent student will do what? A diligent student is going to go look in the Word and find places where these are described. Okay? For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith virtue and to virtue knowledge. What is that knowledge of? It's of the Christ. Of our Christ. In Job 32.8. Isn't it amazing how the how the Lord works because, okay, I had this message and then just this morning one of the kids sent me this scripture. I'm going to read you this scripture. It says, it is the spirit in a person, the breath of the Almighty that gives us understanding. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The breath of the Almighty will give you understanding and the knowledge of Christ. You just ask him. He's already said that he would reveal anywhere where our thinking was incorrect. Right? So you just say, breath of God, give me understanding. So anyway, for this reason, make every effort to add to your faith virtue and to virtue knowledge and to knowledge, self-control, nobody likes that word, but it's a requirement, and to self-control with steadfastness, some words say perseverance, perseverance, and to perseverance, godliness, no grumbling allowed, beloved, no grumbling allowed, no complaining, no gossiping, no vindictiveness, no being offended. Nope, none. Not loud. I don't care how bad you feel. It's not loud. I don't care how much sympathy you want. I don't care about the fact that you're gossiping, pretending to say that you're going to go help this person. You don't need someone else's advice. Go get in the Word. Give them the Word. All right, that's enough. Oh, y'all love me? <laughs> I 
can get a little mean sometimes, can I? It's not really mean. It's not really mean. It's just the truth of the word. So that's never mean. And I don't ever say it with a mean spirit. Really. I say it very lovingly. I hope, I hope y'all feel the love. <laughs> and to godliness, brotherly kindness. Just, say, just ask the Lord, Lord, how can I be kind in this situation? Because, like, I really don't want to be kind. Because this person has done so and so. So can you just show me how to be kind? And you know what? He's faithful. You just send up that little request just like that, and he will reveal something special to you. Brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, love. See, we always get back to love. Every single time. Can't help it. It always goes back there. What did I tell you at the beginning, right? You see, it always goes back there. If there's any area in your life where you're in a pickle, you just say, show me how to love, Lord. Right? Just say, show me how to love the way you love. And he'll do it. Okay, four. If you possess these qualities and continue to grow in them, see, that's our job, we continue to grow, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive. In other words, it will make you fruitful with much fruit in the vine, from the vine. Christ in you, you in Christ. In your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ, everything that he apprehended and staying in the vine gives us. So growing in these characteristics, these are very practical characteristics, very practical things, will cause us to be fruitful and to bear much fruit. And we become, we be, at that point, we become strong, fruitful branches of the Lord Jesus Christ. Wow. But whoever lacks these traits is nearsighted to the point of blindness. Wow. I don't want to be blind. I'm not going to be. Having forgotten that he has been cleansed from his past sins. So, if you think that it's too hard to develop virtue, knowledge, perseverance, self-control, godliness, brotherly kindness and love, you're pretty much shooting yourself in the foot. It's worth taking time to develop and go after seriously to the point that when something happens, you are saying to yourself, I can't take it anymore, Lord. I have been nice to the point that I'm making myself. I'm not going to say that word. It wasn't a curse word, but I refuse to speak a word that, and I don't really know where else to go <laughs> with it. But I'm not going to make myself sick over something. You know, you get to the point and, and you're like, I can't do it anymore. I can't do it. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. Jesus died for you. Yeah, you can forbear a little longer. 
You can, for, you can persevere a little bit more. You can have a little bit more self-control in that moment of anger. You can do it. I know you can. We can do all things through Christ who gave himself for us and who loves us. Therefore, brothers and sisters, strive to make your calling and election sure, for if you practice these things, you will never stumble. Whoa! Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. He's telling me I am never going to stumble if I do this. Love never fails. These characteristics of God displayed in our life because of the word, we're practicing the word, they never fail. Never fail. You feel like you're in a fire? You feel like you have a rotten marriage? Well, buck up. The only thing that makes it rotten is your attitude. And it's not really rotten. Because it's your attitude. <laughs> Are y'all going to invite me back? <laughs> okay. I don't know where all that's coming from anyway. <laughs> and this is what we're after. <laughs> and you will receive a lavish reception. Oh, my. If God uses the word lavish, can you even imagine what it's going to be like? Can you even imagine the lavishness of God? Not your lavishness, not what you think of as lavish. The lavishness of God. Well, you know what? I'm expecting it here not just there. And you will receive a lavish reception into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Therefore, I will always remind you of these qualities, these qualities that we just went through. Though you know them and are established in the truth, Right? I know y'all know this. Y'all know this. You don't need me, right? You know this. But I am called to remind us, pastor, teacher, you know, for building up the church, right? The body of believers, the sheep, you beautiful souls, you beloved. Though you know them and are established in the truth you now have, I think it is right to refresh your memory as long as I live in this tent of my body because I know that this tent will soon be laid aside as our Lord Jesus Christ has made clear to me and I will make every effort to ensure that after my departure you will be able to recall these things at all times. Wow. And you know what? 
you all are called to remind the people in your sphere about this. You're called to remind them because it gives them hope. It's a hope giver, a peace giver. So when you're in the middle of a trial, when you're, when you're, you feel like you're, you know, things are just like flooding in, when you feel like you're in the fiery furnace, recall this. Activate it. Activate the love factor. The virtue, the knowledge, self-control, perseverance, godliness, brotherly kindness, and love. Activate it. 2 Timothy 4.8 There is a crown of righteousness laid up for me and to all who have loved his appearing. Now we cannot just glance over that verse. Because what does it truly mean to love his appearing? That could probably be a whole sermon in and of itself. We're just going to touch on it. You see? Love his appearing. What is the appearing? Okay, I'm not going to talk about the physical appearing of Christ. Okay, I'm not going to talk about that part. What is the appearing of Christ in us? It's a revelation of what he apprehended for us. Do we, do we understand that? The appearing of his beauty in us. The appearing of his glory. The appearing of all that he is. We yearn after that. We love the appearing. The revelation of the completeness of Christ. I long... to have him truly appear in his fullness in my heart. I long to walk out that appearing more and more to those around me. You see? We love the appearing of Jesus. The true revelation of the great I am. You see, we, when, when we long for that appearing, when we love that appearing, he is faithful and true, and he reveals it to us. And then we walk in that completeness for other people. Hallelujah, what a joy. What a joy. The fullness of Christ, his, full, his character, his goodness, outpoured from us. So, he is the I am. Everything encompassed in that I am, I want it to appear. I want it to be revealed in my heart. It's all meant for me. It's all meant for you. Ephesians 5, 1 and 2, again in the Aramaic. Be therefore imitators of God as beloved children. You are his beloved child. And he's saying, be imitators of him and walk in love as also the Messiah has loved us and handed himself over for our persons, the offering and sacrifice to God for a sweet fragrance. 
when you are an imitator of Jesus, when you are an imitator, when you are walking in the fullness and the completeness of Christ, you are a sweet fragrance to this earth. Beautiful, sweet fragrance. Hallelujah. You see, Jesus needs to become the I am in me. Replacing me. Hallelujah. He didn't tell us just to do a little bit of what he did. He said we were going to do greater things than he did. So, if we're not imitating God in some area of our lives, there's only one reason, and it's because we've become unattached to the vine, from the vine. We've become unattached from his love. Only one reason. That's it. When we are filled, attached to the vine, we are living, active, powerful examples of him, his presence, the accomplishing word. So, you see, here's the deal. The carnal world is always going to tell you what you're not. It will always tell you what you're not. I'm here to tell you what you are. That's the purpose of this. They'll tell you what you're not, and they'll tell you what you can't have. And in this church, we're discovering what we have. Not what we can have. Not what we will have. Not what we maybe might have. We are discovering what we have. What do we have? We have the kingdom of God here on earth. His will done here in our lives and then through us in the lives of others. We are walking in an open heaven, beloved. He is not withholding the blessing of his home and residing with him from us. We just have to stay attached to the vine. Get our sustenance from the vine. Understand the word is the vine. We have not been taught traditionally. Traditionally, we have not been taught that the atmosphere of heaven belongs to us here. But this church teaches that the atmosphere of heaven belongs to us, that you will walk in an open heaven. Almost done. Matthew 16, 18. I will build my church. That's what we're doing here. We're building on a rock-solid foundation. I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I will give you, uh, say, that's me, the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Now, can I ask you, if he has given you as the church, you are the church, you are his body, if he has given you the keys to the kingdom, are you going to use them? Or are you just going to stand outside the door and believe what the world says about who your God is and believe what the world says about who your God says, what your God says you can have? No, he tells me that I receive the divine nature. I'm going to use that key. I'm going to open the door. 
I'm going to get revelation. I'm going to ask him to show me. I'm going to get in the word, and I'm going to see what all that means. That's your job. He needs you to do that to save souls and disciple people. We remain in the vine, and his ultimate plan, the heart of God, becomes reality in our lives because our, our, our world becomes framed by the word of God. His life, his, his love, his provision, his protection, his presence, his health, his peace, his joy. What more do you want? His kingdom reality alive in us. Proverbs 3, 5, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Not and lean not unto your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. He will move your heart into his very own heart. That's living in the vine. That's the vine living in you. We're yielded to the will of God and to his word. 2 Peter 1, 4. Through these, he has given us his very great and precious promises so that through them, you may participate in the divine nature, having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires because we stay attached to the vine. Amen. We are going to produce his fruit and we are going to see the atmosphere of heaven here. Amen. That's what the Lord told me about. So, <laughs> I know once again I've gone long. I'm sorry. I am really sorry. <laughs>